at Jared. We know devotion isn't a once a year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted. Welcome to the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast, presented by Vox DFS Firelines. Now, here are your hosts, Justin. Stephon Gilmore go to the Patriots. Now they let Mike Gillisley go to the Patriots. Are they now just the farm club within their own division? Greg. He's one of these faux-leading women. It's like, that's not Angelina Jolie or Jennifer Anderson. It's some girl that I would see at the Circle K. That's kind of Alshon Jeffrey. And Ryan. There is absolutely no reason why O.J. Howard should be drafted before Cameron Great. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of the School Team Fantasy Football Podcast. We want to thank you guys for checking out this episode. Another great episode for you guys today. Uh, a little bit of some shocking news for those of you who woke up this morning and saw notification that Tyrod Taylor has been benched. I and mean, we're going to go straight into the news and notes because I think this is very, very noteworthy. And I've been fielding tons of questions from two quarterback uh, leagues and players in those leagues. What do they do now that Taylor, who was their quarterback two, is now benched? What do they look to do at the quarterback two spot? Ryan, who are you looking to grab? There's not a lot of options, especially in two quarterback leagues where there's not a lot of waiver wire options in the first place. Is Peterman someone just to kind of replace and hope to get a little bit less production? Uh, Eli Manning might be available. You're, you might be looking at – no, Eli Manning wouldn't be available. Maybe Bortles. You, I mean, you could possibly you could possibly go Bortles, which, you know, isn't a terrible option, especially especially if your league – has scoring that doesn't count that doesn't do negative points for um, doesn't do negative points for turnovers. So if you've got something like that, you may be okay. Um, but I mean, if you look at Blake Bortles is outscoring Derek Carr and Marcus Mariota. So and he's only in, in fractional scoring on on uh, Yahoo. Bortles is only being outscored by Ben Roethlisberger by two one hundredths of a point, so it's not like he's it's not like he's been that far behind everyone. So, yeah, and Bortles has a pretty nice uh, schedule here coming up. Um, we'll get to that in just a second. Uh, another piece of information is that the Texans coach Bill O'Brien says that he expects Will Fuller to miss eleven or week eleven against the Cardinals. There's also a report uh, that O'Brien said Wednesday that Bruce Ellington, quote-unquote, needs to get the ball more. Is that more because Will Fuller's out, or do you think that they need to start mixing him in to the passing offense in general? I think it's a combination of the two. Uh, Bruce Ellington has shown to be able to um, have a little bit of playmaking ability, which is one thing, um, but also because... Um, Will Fuller is out. Um, 
Ellington needs to step up as that number two. So he's a, he's right now he's been a great option as the number three, um, but now I think it's more of a hey Savage, you know you you have more playmakers than just those two. Let's use them. Yeah, and going up against Arizona, that's that's a great deep streaming option potentially this week. Um, of Bruce Ellington and C.J. Fedorowicz, who we talked about uh, as a streaming option at tight end, which of those two would you bank on producing more in terms of fantasy value? Yuck. Um, probably, probably Ellington, because he's been playing more this season, has a few more practices with, with Savage, a few more. Um, uh, and, you know, a couple more games with Savage where Fedorowicz is kind of, you know, practically starting over having missed like eight weeks, you know, because of his concussion and being on IR. Yeah, uh, I would agree. Uh, we still don't know what Fedorowicz will produce now that he's healthy. Um, Ellington did get a touch on this last week, so that helps. Uh, another piece of big news is that the drama of Ezekiel Elliott's suspension is now officially done and we can all move on with the rest of our lives. And the hallelujah chorus breaks out in our background. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't want to say hallelujah. Well, I'll say this. The suspension should have been served way earlier. Um, yeah. This now goes back to, at this point in the season, he, Ezekiel Elliott may have gotten you to the playoffs, but now with what most people had to do to get him in drafting him in the first, second, third round, um, you're probably, you probably hose yourself for the playoffs. And so we talked about at the beginning of the season, avoid Elliott because there's going to be too much drama. That drama uh, pretty much – uh, has killed you so far and, and has ended his season right now. I, I like that he's done fighting and maybe he'll get the, the six games and then they'll come back. But I, I don't see the Cowboys playoff bound without him. So I don't see them winning a lot of games without him. No, I actually get this. I actually know, I actually know a guy who his top three running backs at one uh, week, one of the season were, Kareem Hunt, Ezekiel Elliott, and David Johnson. Good grief! Yeah, and so now he's you know That's now he's kill just you now. <laughs> yeah now he's just got yeah I mean you know when David Johnson goes out at the beginning of the season you know week one, Ezekiel Elliott's been back and forth all season you know he's been able to hold on to him for for a while, and now it's just Kareem Hunt, and his wide receiver position was was still good but I mean just. To have those three, and then all of a sudden be down to just Cream Hunt, who you don't know what he's going to do because, you know, Andy Reid just can't seem to decide what to do with Cream Hunt. Yeah, we did have a, a listener question come in here really fast from Mitch. Uh, it says Cam's on a bye this week. Would you rather start Rivers or Cutler? So Rivers plays Buffalo, Rivers. who has struggled, uh, or Cutler against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's played better defense over the last couple of weeks and really shut down McCown. Cutler is still just such a head case. The whole offense tends to be lethargic with him there. Um, Gee, I wonder why. Smoking Jay Cutler. Smoking Jay Cutler. Uh, but, yeah, I like Rivers. He's trending the right way. We're going to get to him in just a second. But he's trending the right way to play. He still is in concussion protocol. Has to be cleared 
by a third-party physician not associated with the team, um, but the team is very, very optimistic that he will play this week against Buffalo. Yeah, it, if if Philip Rivers is healthy, you go Philip Rivers. I mean, that's that's a no-brainer to be clear. Yes. He's he's the better talent overall. Yes, uh, Demarius Thomas was limited at practice today. That's not a huge concern. Once again, a Wednesday practice. Uh, is nothing for veterans to miss. We're talking Jordan, about practice. We're talking, talking about, about practice. practice. Uh, Jordan Reed not practicing Wednesday. That's a little concerning with how much time he's had off. I would have thought they would have tried to he, – he would have been practicing a little bit more now. Uh, Ty Montgomery's not practicing. I would be surprised if he practices before Friday uh, just yeah. to try and keep him as healthy as possible. Um. Delaney Walker, with his wrist injury, has been removed from the Week 11 injury report and will play Thursday night against the Steelers. What do you think his production is, number one? And, yeah, we'll we'll start there. Well, considering that their wide receivers haven't done a whole lot, which is really what what boosted Delaney Walker's um, production a couple years ago in, in, in Mariota's first year in the league, um, they just they didn't have the the guys out there to be able to um, really to be able to do anything. And Delaney Walker um, proved that he had the hands and the ability to uh, to get it going. I you know I think that he can I think that he can be solid. I'm not looking for you know the types of stats that he would have in games two years ago. I'd say you know five six catches. 50, 60 yards, maybe a touchdown, depending on how they on how they play in the red zone. Um, but the thing to remember that is that um, they now have uh, a, a Corey Davis who is getting healthier. And last week, first week off of you know first week back you know in in forever, led the team in targets with ten. So Corey Davis, I mean Corey Davis, I believe is the number one target, but I still think that Delaney Walker is that safety valve for Marcus Mariota. Yeah, I would consider Delaney Walker the number two, um, behind Davis. Uh, Delaney Walker. Pittsburgh is better against receivers than they are against tight ends. Now that's not to say that they're horrible against guarding tight ends, but once again, safety valve of Delaney Walker. This is obviously a start because of the relationship he has with Mariota. I'll be interested to see how he does uh, with that wrist. If, if he's got to carry the ball on any sort of run, what kind of damage that could cause to his, uh, to his hand, if he's in any sort in any sort of scrum or anything like that. But uh, I like Delaney Walker this week against Pittsburgh, even though Pittsburgh has been pretty good against the, the pass. Yeah. Uh, moving on, Fox Sports Jay Glazer reports that the Vikings were, quote-unquote, very tempted to start Teddy Bridgewater this week against the Rams. Wow. I think it is shocking, especially coming off of what Keenan, uh, Case Keenum just did to Washington. For those who have Diggs, Thielen, and Rudolph – is it just an enigma? Is there is there a belief in your mind, one way or the other, up or down, should Bridgewater get the start over Keenum? I almost feel like it's a bit of a drop back for for the the receivers. To be completely honest, uh, maybe maybe Rudolph would get a little bit of a boost. 
Um, you know, that Rudolph never really had a whole lot of time to, uh, to really gain much, um, much chemistry with Bridgewater because Rudolph was always injured. It wasn't until last year when Rudolph was finally really healthy and had Bradford that Bradford just relied on him all the time, especially in the red zone. And so, um, just because we don't know what, I mean, we just, we haven't seen Teddy Bridgewater in over a year. So I think for now it would, I would be hesitant to think that it's a, a great thing for, um, for the, uh, for the Vikings receivers. Um, if, uh, Bridgewater comes back. Yeah. I would be a little nervous. Obviously, I like Thielen because he's the slot receiver that runs the shorter routes. Throwing the ball deep to someone like Diggs would make me a little bit more nervous. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, in a full season, in his first full season, uh, I th- uh, only threw 14 TDs in 16 games. He did that again in 2015, 14 TDs, only nine interceptions as opposed to his rookie year with 12. So he's not a touchdown machine. So, and when Teddy Bridgewater was last there, they were really running the ball, and that was the primary focus. Now, I don't necessarily know, even going back to what he did at Louisville, a lot of his offense in Louisville was him running around and then chucking the ball deep, almost like Johnny Manziel. Yeah, I was about to say, that's kind of Johnny Manziel-ish. But a little more structured. Yeah. um, Than just backyard street football. Um, But... He didn't have a lot of flashy speed, which is why he's had to contain himself a little bit more in the pocket and throw the ball a little bit more. He does have a deep ball, um, but accuracy has been issues in the past, completion percentage of only 64%. Um, And so I am a little nervous if Bridgewater gets the start. A lot of people have picked him up as a, uh, a streaming option or just someone to have specifically in two quarterback leagues as a backup if Keenum goes down or if Keenum gets replaced. I still just don't – I'm very, very nervous about Bridgewater coming in this late in the season on a team that's looking to go to the playoffs. Yeah, I think they would would cause a little bit of damage to the chemistry that they've got going if – if that were to be the case, if if Bridgewater were to were to come in, so uh, Chris Hogan remains sideline on Wednesday's practice. Obviously, we like we said, Will Fuller not practicing. Des Bryant is not practicing. Uh, Zach Ertz is practicing, so that's a good sign. Uh, with him returning after the bye week, fully healthy because he did sit out the week or, or the game before. Once again, the Chargers are encouraged by quarterback Philip Rivers' progress through the concussion protocol. Sources say, which bodes well for his availability Sunday, once again, still has to be cleared by an independent neurologist. Um, Another bit of breaking news at the quarterback position, the Arizona Cardinals are going to start Blaine Gabbert. Yep. Um, Doesn't surprise me because Drew Stanton's been god-awful. Well, Drew Stanton now also has an injury issue, and so – He's currently listed. He was listed as doubtful to play going into yesterday. They signed Blaine Gabbert. They're looking to to bring him in and play him to see what they're going to have. It, yeah, currently it says he's currently it says that Stanton's still doubtful. So, um, 
Well, and this is the official report that, that Gabbert will play with the limited amount of time to one learn the offense because he just got signed. And he is playing, uh, or Arizona is playing, let me double check here really fast. They're playing Houston this week. Playing Houston, which is a horrible pass defense, great against the run. I'm very, very nervous about Adrian Peterson. I am not nervous, however, about Larry Fitzgerald. No. Um, he's the slot receiver. He's going to be the short yardage guy, the slants over the middle that are going to be the safety valve for Gabbert. Um, interesting play would be Jermaine Gresham. Yeah, I was going to say. Tight end. Um, and then Ellington coming out of the backfield, getting those checkdowns would be a streamable option as well. Um, not to get running yards, but to get some pass catching yards out of the back. Correct. So, yeah, I'm. Uh, I think that Gresham could possibly be a, a, a solid play this week. Just again because of being an outlet for Gabbert. So, all right. And then we didn't officially talk about it. Someone, someone did ask, "What are what is our thoughts on Taylor? Droppable? Should you still keep him as a safety valve in case Peterman putters out?" I drop um, I drop Taylor because I lost last week because I played Taylor instead of instead of Kirk Cousins. So yes, uh, I would be nervous. I probably wouldn't start Benjamin this week. I'd be nervous about Charles Clay and Zay Jones, but Shady McCoy is an auto start at this point because they're going to rely heavily on the run uh, and they're no longer playing top defenses. Correct. So, so getting into uh, the pick 'em and stick 'em, we'll go to pick 'em and stick 'em, and then we'll cover some more listener questions uh, as we go throughout and then cover the Tennessee and Pittsburgh matchup. Once again, pick 'em and stick 'em is players who are owned in less than 50% of leagues. Uh, Ryan is crushing us uh, this or this year. Um, you've only lost once, correct? I've lost twice. You've lost twice to Greg. You're undefeated against me. I at least beat Greg last week, so I at least got off uh, <laughs> the side here and have a final win here. Um, but once again, these are players who are owned less than 50% of leagues. We go head-to-head. We'll pick one, and we'll stick the, the other one with somebody else. And getting through the quarterbacks and then working our way down, quarterbacks this week, uh, I've picked uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick and Blake Bortles for us to debate through. Uh, at the running back position, I wanted to create something a little bit interesting here as there's debate over which Patriots running back will be more effective. So um, we get to pick. So we get to pick or stick. Uh, Deion Lewis and Rex Burkhead, both against Oakland. First time that we have had two players from the same team in the same position in, in this uh, format in this game. At wide receiver, we have two wide receiver threes for their team in Kenny Stills and Martavis Bryant. At tight end, we have C.J. Fedorowicz and Jermaine Gresham, who we alluded to a little bit earlier. Defense, we have the Patriots against Oakland. Patriots have a little bit uh, better or or better defense playing over the last couple of weeks. Bills have struggled as of late, but uh, the Chargers do turn the ball over. So that's where both of these teams could trend and bounce back. Uh, And then at the kicker position, we have Nick Rose, going up against New Orleans and Mason Crosby versus Baltimore. So a real quick, a quick thing to remember about that Patriots and, and um, Raiders game is that's the game that's being played in Mexico city this year. Oh yeah. 
So just just that's something to keep in mind that it's not really a home game for either team. Yeah. Not that that's really going to matter, but just something to keep in mind. Okay. Just suggesting a quick question that came in. Not a problem. Um, really quick, we'll go over it, and then we'll go back in. A one starting spot available, Amari Cooper, Keenan Allen, or Marvin Jones? One starting spot available, Amari Cooper, Keenan Allen, or Marvin Jones? And it is a PPR league. Um, probably Keenan Allen. If you want, if you if you're just wanting to, you know, a, a high floor, if you want to risk it a little bit, you go, you go, uh, Amari Cooper. Yeah, I'm a little nervous on Amari Cooper. He's he's had one big boom, and he's kind of been eh to the rest of the season. So, against the Patriots, who are trending to play better on defense, I look for for the Raiders to rely more heavily on the known commodity or the more consistent commodity in Crabtree and Cook uh, and to rely heavily on the run game against the Patriots than to really go after the deep ball with Amari Cooper. And that's my opinion. And so I would feel more comfortable. I thought it was a very, very easy answer with Allen. Marvin Jones is going to continue to drop, uh, and Amari Cooper just makes me a little too nervous. Uh, And so once again, we'll get back to the the pick them and stick them. Ryan, I'll let you go first. You mean I actually get to go first for once this year? I am hoping that that will change my luck around <laughs> and the the curse of the first uh, will finally get turned around onto you. All right. So, believe it or not, I'm going to start off with Blake Bortles and give you Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> Dang it. That was going to be my first pick. But what's the logic behind that other than Bortles is playing Cleveland? The fact that Ryan Fitzpatrick is the starter, period. On the other side. <laughs> On the other side. The, the fact the other guy to choose from is Ryan Fitzpatrick. So, uh, Yeah, I, I don't like this at all. Both are playing favorable matchups. Miami just got crushed by Carolina. Cleveland, I don't think, has a shot in this game, even though they're playing the Jaguars. Uh, and play very, very well against the run. So Fournette's probably going to have a little bit of a dip of a game. But Fitzpatrick has was great when he came in to alleviate Winston the first time. Since that, it's been absolute garbage. And so for me, good grief. You're welcome. I'm probably going to go with the tight end spot. And I'm going to go with Jermaine Gresham over C.J. Fedora. So I'm going to take Gresham. Once again, Houston has been one of the worst teams against the pass this year. I think they've gotten Gresham more involved very, very creatively. He did get a touchdown against Seattle. Uh, He's been trending the right way. And now with a new quarterback, that check down valve of Jermaine Gresham is going to be very, very favorable in a matchup against Houston. I really hope C.J. Fedorowicz goes off. Just I, I'm, I'm pulling for him, too. We, we were big advocates last year. Uh, he was our – I would say he was our Tyler Croft of last year. Yeah, and yeah. We talk about them being a viable option to grab and to stream at the tight end position uh, as, as probably the number one waiver wire pickup throughout the season, consistently performing, but no one wanted to continue to grab them. So 
Yeah, C.J. Fedora, which would be this year's Tyler Croft. I want to say last year he finished like a – I want to say he finished like tight end 11 or 12 last year. So He did. He did. He did get a lot of targets. Um, once again, I think Griffin was probably third on the team in targets, and then Op- Hopkins was obviously number Hopkins one. Hopkins led, yeah. So Hopkins, and then it went to two tight ends, and no one else was really involved with That's the passing because- that's because it was Brock Osweiler, and he couldn't throw it yeah. any farther than a tight end could run a, could yes. run an out route. So, all right, so sweet. So so far, I've gotten two players that I wanted. Um, I like that. Let's go with. Mm, well, if I go with one, I know you're going to go with the other. I know which one. So it's it's which which would these two guys do? I want more. Do I want my running back or do I want my wide receiver more? Um, all right, I'm going to go running backs, and I'm going to take Rex Burkhead. Are you kidding me? Nope. So last night in the debate of who would you rather have, Deion Lewis to Rex Burkhead, you said, and though, and people can check the tape, you said Deion Lewis. Yes, I also know that you want Rex Burkhead, so that's part of the reason why I took him. So we'll see if it bites me in the butt. We'll, we'll have choice words off air to keep this family <laughs> show. Um, All right, so now you can take you can you can take my wide receiver. Uh, I'm going with Martavis Bryant. Wow! As much as that is salt in the mouth. <laughs> um, last week he was involved a little bit more. Um. I just – I still cannot bring myself to think that Kenny Stills is a viable option with Devontae Parker there. Now, Miami runs more three wide receiver sets than any other team in the NFL. But I just – I am like shocked. The, I know. It's shocking. But right now, my team's kind of shot right now anyway. I don't like hardly any of my picks – um, and so I, I have to do something. I think Martavis Bryant has a much lower floor, but a much higher ceiling than Kenny Stills. If Martavis Bryant, the talent that he has had, he's had massive behavioral issues, and we've documented that throughout the whole season as much as everyone else has in getting too involved in social media Twitter wars with, with fans and with players. Um, I, I need a home run how this is shaping out. So I think Bryant can provide that a little bit more than Kenny Stills. Wow. Okay. Because I was going to go with Kenny Stills. So, um, all right. So it's my turn. Yeah, but I'll curse you at the end when I like your team better than mine. That's true. <laughs> that seems, that seems to be the, that seems to be the curse. Well, maybe, maybe you should have just all season always liked my team better than yours or better than Greg's. Well, this game is, is more between you and Greg anyway, and I'm the host or the moderator of the game, but, um, but yeah, are you going to pick defense or kicker? Um, I'm going to go with, um, who's playing New Orleans? How did I miss that one? Washington. Washington. Yeah, I don't know. The, I don't know any of the kickers. I don't give a rat's about any of the kickers. Um, let's go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with the uh, the Patriots against Oakland. Stick you with the Bills against the Chargers. <laughs> this is so painful. I just dro- I just dropped the Bills defense too because they hosed me last week. Also, 
Yeah, I dropped um, the week before, and I'm glad I didn't play them against uh, the Saints, but I played Minnesota against Washington and still only got one point. Yeah, hey, so, so yeah, I had Minnesota and the Bills and had to choose between the two of them. And you would have thought that Minnesota would continue to produce like they did last year. They have a lot of the same pieces back. They're just not getting the same turnover ratio as they did in the past. Well, They're not getting those defensive touchdowns. Part of what's going on also in Minnesota is because they're, they're, they're just going with a high-flying offense and throwing the ball all over the field, it's forcing teams to throw more. And so they're getting so far ahead, they're almost playing a little bit of a prevent defense. Um, and, and, and it's coming back to bite them a little bit. That's what's going on in Minnesota. For me, in picking the kickers, I'm going to go with Mason Crosby versus Baltimore. Baltimore and New Orleans are probably the top two defenses. But oddly enough, I think the Packers will be able to move the ball against Baltimore at home better than Washington against New Orleans. I think, I think that New Orleans is going to trounce Washington, and they're going to have to get touchdowns to stay in it not field goals. So I'm going with Crosby as my pick in the kicker position. All right. Well, I guess I guess I get Nick Rose. So once again, to, uh, to recap, Ryan's team this week is Blake Bortles, Rex Burkhead, Kenny Stills, C.J. Fedorowicz, the Patriots, and Nick Rose. My team so far this week – uh, is Ryan Fitzpatrick, Dion Lewis. That's probably the only one I really like. Uh, Martavis Bryant, Jermaine Gresham. I like Jermaine Gresham. Uh, the Bills and Mason Crosby as my kicker. And so now as we get to some more listener questions that have come in, once again, I want to take a, a little bit of a break uh, and once again remind you guys of the giveaway that we have on the website. Go to the giveaway tab. Uh, and you can enter in to win the signed Evan Ingram jersey, a uh, Skull King sweatshirt, Skull King t-shirt, or a phone case. Uh, if you have uh, also would like to donate to the cause and help us uh, bring in some more staff writers, uh, as well as produce a little bit more content, you can donate through the webpage as well. Um, we do have the don we've got the donate tab. We have the donate tab there. If you guys would like to donate, once again, we thank you guys for listening. We know you guys have other podcasts you guys can be listening to. And once again, we thank you for choosing us uh, as, as your uh, listening provider. And so um, moving on uh, to some questions that have come in, Kenny, this, this question comes in from Coco packs, Kenny stills or Kenny Galladay, which one is a better pickup in a PPR league? Hey, um, Probably against Stills because they throw more. They, like you said, they they do more three wide receiver sets. They don't actually have a run game anymore. Um, because who is it? Kenyon Drake a little bit. Drake does a little. He does a little bit. Um, but again, they they still. I think they're going to still use him more passing the ball out of the backfield. Um, I like Galladay, but I think that Stills with the is more going to be more of the. It's going to be – Galladay is going to be more of the home run hitters um, and Stills has more of the, the veteran presence and, and veteran savvy to be, able to, to be able to do a little bit more. 
Yeah, the, the question I would ask is, are you looking to have a starter right away? Or are you looking for someone to stash on your bench who could pop? Because if you're looking to stash someone on your bench that you may not need to play right away, Kenny Galladay is your guy. Yep. I think you know what you're going to get with Kenny Stills. You're going to get about 10 points in PPR leagues, about five catches, 50 yards, with an upside of a touchdown or a little bit more yardage. But he's not the go-to. Jarvis Landry is the clear go-to. Devontae Parker is the deep threat. So you're looking at small slant routes over the middle or maybe something deep in that passing game. And you got to remember, Jay Cutler is still your quarterback. So um, I would lean towards Galladay if you don't need to play him right away, depending on bye weeks and those kinds of things. Um, Another question comes in, who do you start, Corey Davis or Muhammad Sanu this week in PPR? Uh, you got to go with – Honestly, you've got to go with Muhammad Sanu against Seattle, and I hate saying this, um, but Corey Davis is just coming off of is just coming off of IR, and with Seattle losing Richard Sherman, they're going to have to go to, um, you know, move. God, they just signed Byron Maxwell. Yeah, and they've got Jeremy got Lane cut from Miami. Yeah. Jeremy Lane, who can't who can't seem to let a, a you know who can't seem to cover a receiver without grabbing him or trying to throw him to the ground or just letting him run all the way past him. And Seattle tried to get rid of him. Yeah, and Seattle doesn't even want him anyway. So I, I think that you you know that's your that's your number two and number three now with Shaq Griffin as your number one playing on the opposite side. And so I think you're just you're in trouble with Sanu playing the slot. So, uh, I would I would agree. I would go with Muhammad Sanu because there was an interesting uh, conversation on the radio here in Seattle on um, the Dave Softy Mahler show. They had the they had a beat writer from Miami talk about how Maxwell was not playing the design coverages that were called by the defensive play caller because he did not trust his ability to cover deep, he would not play bump coverage because he didn't trust the ability of either the safety or himself to prevent getting beat deep. With Earl Thomas now back, I think that bodes to help Maxwell out in that regard. But Maxwell has never been anything more than a cornerback too. So my thought process is this. They, They bring Maxwell in to play the cornerback two, they keep Wayne in the slot, and they move Shaq Griffin over. The problem is he now has to cover Julio Jones. The yeah. way Matt Ryan's been playing, that might not be a big, uh, as big of a concern. I think they, they do a little bit more with Cam Chancellor and Earl Thomas to give a little bit more double coverage, which should leave Muhammad Sanu a little bit more open. So once again, I like Muhammad Sanu this week over Corey Davis. As much as I want to see Corey Davis just – torch the charger or the the Steelers rather uh, I would go with Muhammad Sanu this week um, question comes in do you start Corey Coleman or do you wait one week wait I yeah. mean I I would rather I would rather wait and make sure that he doesn't get injured again than play him and just expect him to play well you, you can't do that especially because he doesn't have any any connection with any of the quarterbacks, you know, whoever is going to quarterback for Cleveland. So 
Yeah, this next question comes in. Do you start Benjamin Watson this week against the Packers over Cameron Brait this week? Um, Brait has struggled with with. Uh, has he struggled, or does Fitzpatrick just suck? Well, no, no. Well, he has struggled with Fitzpatrick being his quarterback. Um, you know, he did have the one game. Was it? I, I want to say Fitzpatrick's first game that he came in. You know that. You know that Harvard to Harvard connection. Um, first one ever in NFL history. Harvard quarterback to a Harvard to a Harvard receiver. Um, I think that. Oh gosh, probably it's the the safer quote unquote safer play would probably be Ben Watson simply because. Um, Flacco relies so much on on his tight end, but if I've got Cameron Braid, I'm not going to not play him. I'm playing I'm playing Cameron Braid and Evan Ingram in one league. One well, is a tight end, the other is a flex. Evan, Evan Ingram's an auto start at this point. Well, I, I understand that, but I'm still playing Cameron Braid in my flex. Cameron Braid makes me a little nervous. I have him in one league, and I gotta tell you, I would be very intrigued was starting Benjamin Watson because I know I can get eight points because Benjamin Watson has had at least eight points in every game minus, once again, we talked about it yesterday, minus the first game where he was coming back from injury last year and uh, the game against the Raiders where I think he got two catches for eight yards. Yeah. Um, but I would probably still lean Brait because the upside's there. Not necessarily the same chemistry that Winston has with Brait, with Fitzpatrick, but against Miami, who has been blown out, who has absolutely struggled, who now has a rookie instead of Maxwell starting at corner, they get gashed all the time. This could be, this could be a very high-scoring game, much like the anticipated Tampa Bay Jets game last year, last week. Or this could end up like the Jets Tampa Bay game of last week. That was 10 to 15. I think there's nowhere in the middle. It's either both teams score 28 plus or both teams score 14. Yeah, probably. I'd have to agree with you there. And, and remember, this is the game. This is, this is the week one matchup. This was uh, the hurricane game that got bumped back yep. because both these teams uh, had, uh, had, or both these teams were playing each other. Uh, in Miami in week one when the hurricane came in, and now they're playing each other in what would have been their bye week. Uh, and so another question comes in. This is a trade question. Julio Jones and Rex Burkhead for Antonio Brown. Who wins, this, who wins that trade? Say that again? Julio Jones and Rex Burkhead for Antonio Brown. Wow. Leo Jones um, has only scored like one or two touchdowns this season. Well, I mean, he's normally a little bit low on the touchdowns anyways. And for wanting to get him involved in the in the red zone so much more this year, Steve Sarkeesian has done a great job of that so far, hasn't he? He um, has? <laughs> um, all right. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd probably go with, well... Depends on do you do you need do you need Rex Burkhead? If not, stick with Antonio Brown. 
Yeah, I think he. I think in this one, he's offering Julio and Burkhead for a, Antonio Brown. But I like Antonio Brown the rest of the season. Same here. Um, Julio still has to play New Orleans twice. So I'm not looking forward to that matchup over the next couple of weeks. So I would stick with Antonio Brown. Uh, next question comes in Parker or Macklin rest of the season in a 12-team standard league. Well, Macklin play, has played a couple of good games in a row and then had the bye week this last week. Um, he's starting to show a little more chemistry with, um, with Flacco. Man, uh, Parker, I mean, you've got Cutler throwing to Parker. So it's just you never know. And so I don't like either one. You pick one. <laughs> if I got to pick one, uh, I think Parker has the bigger, the, the better big play opportunity. Uh, I, I would go with Parker as well. Uh, once again, in PPR formats, he scored at least 12 points in every game he's played. Um, he's got at least. 66 yards in every game he has played as well. So that's at least six and a half points if you're playing fractional scoring. Um, and if you can get that kind of yardage as a floor, I like that. Macklin hasn't had that high of a floor all season. No, it's, you know, what was it? His last game was the first time he, it was the most yards he had scored. It was, most yards, I think, in 98, most yards he'd had since 2015. Yeah, and so with that, that's going to wrap up our listener questions. Obviously, if more come in throughout the rest of the show, we'll get to them. But let's talk about this Thursday night matchup between Pittsburgh and Tennessee. Both currently are playoff-bound teams. Uh, both are on a four-game winning streak. Um, we'll, we'll cover position by position between the two, Mariota and Ben Roethlisberger. Who do you like better in this matchup? Uh, neither one of them, because neither one of them have been playing well this year. Um, I think it's – I want to say this is in Pittsburgh, so because of that, I would go with Ben Roethlisberger. But, you know, it's not – I mean, like I said, neither one of them have been playing great. So. Yeah, they're quarterback 18 and 19, respectively. I, uh, I'd probably go with uh, – I'd probably go with – I'd probably go with Ben because he has the better weapons to throw the ball to. Yes, I believe he has the better weapons to throw the ball to. Marcus Mariota, I think, is going to do a little bit more with the running game. Had 51 yards on the ground last week. They just got to get him. If you're a Mariota owner, even last week with his less than stellar fantasy production, he got the he got the team to the red zone every time, and then they just handed it to DeMarco Murray. So yeah, if true. he does the same this week, and throws the ball or runs the ball on himself, you're looking at a 20-plus plus point game. So I like Marcus Mariota. I'm starting him in one of my leagues because uh, I like his ability to run the ball. But I would probably say that Ben Roethlisberger is probably going to outscore him this week. So I, I like Mariota in the matchup, even though he's going up against the third-best defense against the quarterbacks this year. I think Mariota has, has finally gotten healthy figure some things out with his offense and, uh, and will produce some solid numbers if you need to start him tomorrow. Uh, moving on to the, uh, the running back position, obviously Le'Veon Bell is the clear starter um, in, in terms of his production for tomorrow. Do you believe he beats his projection uh, or, or do you think that, uh, that he could struggle against this Tennessee defense? 
I think like he has all season, he will struggle against any defense. <laughs> I mean, he's only beat his projection a couple of times so far this year. So, Well, it also hurts that your projection is like 20, 21 points. In some, so, you know, depending on the type of scoring, it could be 25. Yeah, so, d- Depending on the scoring. But uh, he struggled in the first couple of games. Obviously, he did not play a lot in the preseason. But over the last couple of games, he's still getting a ton of rushes. Uh, but against Detroit, he only had 13 points, even with the touchdown and 76 yards. Uh, against Indianapolis uh, last week, he only had 80 yards on the ground, 16 points, obviously 30 yards through the air, but, uh, but no touchdown. Tennessee is the 11th best team against the run. It has me a little bit nervous. I would say Le'Veon Bell does not meet his projection, but he's still an auto start. You're not sitting Le'Veon Bell. Uh, as we move on to Tennessee on the other side, DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry, I will still continue to say that DeMarco Murray is the starter. I do not feel comfortable flexing at all Derrick Henry unless you're in a massively deep league. DeMarco Murray will continue to be the lead back, will continue to get the goal line work as proof of that last week uh, in his three touchdowns from short yardage. He's He's – not getting outworked by Henry. They're both kind of splitting the 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 yardage, but uh, I can see, I continue to see Demarco Murray getting all those touchdown carries. So I like Murray over Henry this week. In terms of receivers, obviously Antonio Brown is an auto start. I believe Juju Smith Schuster is an auto start. Martavius Bryant, if you're desperate, maybe a flex position. Corey Davis is a start. Rashard Matthews, more of a flex play now with Corey Davis back. Uh, and with the tight end back for the uh, uh, and with the tight end Delaney Walker back, excuse me, uh, for the Tennessee Titans, you're not looking to start Vance McDonald or Jesse James in this game. And so, if I had to pick a team to win uh, tomorrow night, I'm probably leaning towards the home team in Pittsburgh, uh, coming out eight and two. Tennessee Titans taking a loss, coming out at six and four. And so. Uh, once again, we want to thank you guys for listening to the show. Uh, we really appreciate uh, you guys taking the time to listen to our show. You're the reason why we do this. Uh, in addition, uh, head on over to iTunes or Google Play. Leave a review or a rating or both uh, to help us uh, get our news out there. The, the ratings really help with the searchability of our podcast on iTunes and Google Play. So once again, this has been the School King Fantasy Football Podcast, and we thank you guys for listening. Hey, School King Nation. Thank you for listening to the School King Football Podcast. Did you like this episode? If so, be sure to go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube to subscribe. Also, please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues. I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's premier home purchase lender. We've created a new way to protect you from unpredictable interest rates. Our exclusive rate shield approval. First, we lock your interest rate for up to 90 days. Then, if rates go up, your rate stays locked. But if rates go down, your rate drops. Either way, you win. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate shield approval only valid on certain 30-year fixed rate loans. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. 
I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.